Are you on a forklift? Yeah, I am. Ciao Juventini, welcome back to the AJC and unfortunately what we wanted to become a Victory Friday show has uh, not amounted to much. Juventus falls to Sevilla 2-1 out of Europa League. Everything and everyone in question now all right so uh we're gonna take a look at uh all of it and we're gonna tackle uh uv season now the thing is is that there are some accounts out there also some juventus uh accounts that are also sedating you know the season ends on a whimper and everything like that there is still something very important that has to go down that could make the three remaining games very very important still and that's what happens in three days time on monday may 22nd all right because that's when we're going to get this next point penalty and i see some questions now we usually take some time i have lex with me here today all right and uh we were talking in the green room before and it's going to be very difficult to kind of structure this particular episode when there's so much to take in because now it becomes not just a one-game review. It becomes an assessment of everyone involved. And this could go in a lot of different directions. We're going to try our best to keep it as structured as possible. We usually say what's up to everybody in live chat. We are going to say what's up to all of you. And usually after, you know, key defeats, which unfortunately we've seen a lot over the past few seasons... The live chat is like this, which is absolute fire. And I can't even highlight exactly what's going on because there's just so much. I see Conte's name coming up in there. I see burn it all down. Uh, start from scratch. Um, it. I see Allegri out, obviously. And, um, you know, it's we're going to take a look at everything okay we're going to take a look at everything in general we are going to start off with this game um talk a bit about highlights uh talking points of it and then get to everything outside of it which will be obviously allegri will be the players will be where do you go from here and like i said the season while this game you know is over and makes it another trophyless season for juventus Two in a row, okay? Yeah, changes have to happen. But we're going to talk about how you go about doing that, what it entails, and what we believe are maybe some of the right steps. Now, let's kick things off with just the lineup in general. And Max took a ton of heat with this lineup right out of the gate. And I flat out came out and said, I liked it. I liked it. And I had no problems with it. Lex... What were your thoughts on the lineup? It was Chesney, Gatti, Bremer, Danilo, Quadrado, Fagioli, Locatelli, Rabio, Illing Jr., Di Maria, and Keane. I was a bit um, split. I was happy about certain guys starting, which was Fagioli, Illing Jr., and Gatti. I liked the back line. Um, I was a little uncertain about Keane getting the start over Vlaovic. That had me a little bit confused about that one but otherwise as you mentioned i was other than that 
pretty happy with the players. I like the midfield balance of the Locatelli Fajoli Ravio midfield, so no complaints there. But yeah, I agree with you, Al. It was a, I was both split 50-50, but there were definitely positives that I took away from that lineup. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. Um, people were flipping out about uh, Moise Keane. Moise Keane, and I said, here is my defense for Max Allegri's lineup. At the back, absolutely no problems. From Tech to Gatti, Bremer, Danilo, absolutely zero problems with it. Quadrado, Fagioli, Locatelli, Rabio, you have no other option for Quadrado. He's in there. That midfield three is your best midfield three. Um, Illing Jr. over Kostic, yeah, I would have played either Chiesa or Illing Jr. And even if it meant Chiesa as a left wing back, because I wanted somebody that's more direct and that can actually threaten on 1v1s. Illing Jr. getting the nod, no problems with it. Di Maria, okay. Keane, it's pick your poison at striker. It's like as if everybody forgot that we've been bitching about the striker output all season long. And for me, like I said, when the news broke out that Keane might start, even in yesterday's pre-match lineup uh, preview with uh, Omar, I said, if you're going to start Keane, it makes even more sense to not start Kostic because he doesn't get as involved like Milik. So you would need somebody that has some type of direct play that can be a threat on 1v1s to try and get more space going. It just made more sense. Keen ended up playing probably one of the best games I've seen from any of our strikers in general. It just lacked a goal, but he played very, very well. He played very, very well. So credit to Keen. And again, it goes to show you the lineup that everybody flips out at the start. Max got it right again because it technically was. It was our downfall was when we least expected it. And it was certain substitutions. Somebody already mentioned in the lineup. Some of these guys had stinkers and it was the guys you would never bank on. You would never bank on certain guys to play the way they did. And it ultimately hurt us. But the lineups... We're good. Another thing that came out about the lineup, I have to say this. Now, I like, you know, I have absolutely no problems with this guy. Okay, let's so he took, may, maybe took offense to, to me quote tweeting him or whatnot, but Maurizio from around Turin, and I always highlight his services and think he does great work there and whatnot, but he was saying, Max, you're going into a semifinal and you are playing players and you're leaving whatever it was, uh, close to 100 million euros on the bench by not playing these guys, close to 150 million euros between certain players, Chiesa, obviously, um, Vlaovic, whatnot. And I said, what difference does how much you've paid for players have to do when you're picking a lineup? It literally comes down to performances. And Vlaovic is not, we have to be real with ourselves. He was not at the point where you could have that faith. Is that a fair assessment, Lex? Yeah, I think I'm always a little bit biased because I'm a big Dusan supporter. I'm but... a big fan of his too. But I think for being real, he it's it's a pick your poison thing between those three yeah. strikers. Yeah, I think it's a difficult job from for any of the three strikers right now. 
as we always acknowledge. But I do think that, as you mentioned, it ended up being the right decision, no matter like how I felt about it going into the game, because Keane did actually have a good game. And he was that active striker that Allegri may have been looking for when he made the decision to play him in the first place. So, yeah, it is a fair assessment considering the recent games of Lavovich's, but I I wish <laughs> I wish still, like you said, that we could have played our, you know, he's supposed to be our guy, our star striker in our Europa League semifinals, but credit to Keane as well. Yeah, it just, again, like, I think you could have picked any one of those three and you wouldn't know what you were going to get out of any any of those three and to be honest when we start looking at attitude and sulking and stuff that'll come up in this game too and it did show its face in this game too that hasn't been seen from two out of our three strikers i haven't seen that out of keen all year i haven't seen it out of Milik barely ever but i see it a shit ton out of Vlaovic. it's one of my knocks against Vlaovic. pick your head up Get to work, okay? Otherwise, you're going to end up being another one of those players that believed his own hype and made nothing of it. At Juve, you got to work. You got to work. And to be honest, as much as I love Federico Chiesa too, too soft. Way too soft. Brutal game from Chiesa yesterday. And it's, like I said, guys you would least expect because I would never expect Chiesa in a semifinal for Juventus to play in that matter. Di Maria, brutal. Brutal from Di Maria. Brutal. And we'll get into it. We'll talk about like some key points, some highlights. We'll try and go through it as quick as possible because there's so much to dissect and get in here, okay? But uh, 14th minute, again, Gatti gets a header. And I said this game, Juve's going to have to weather the storm. We're going into Sevilla. Did you see that atmosphere in that stadium? My God. (laughs) Yet another thing Juventus needs to correct, okay, is make our stadium what it once was. But that was electric from their fans, okay? 14th minute header from Gatti. We kind of weathering the storm and then around this time frame started to push back a bit and started to show that they're a little suspect at the back too, and we can get in there. We can get in there and cause some problems. Gatti, it's stopped by Bona a little too close to him. 24th minute, header from Ocampos, and this was a big stop short side from Chesney, who had a strong game for Juventus. All right. Shout out, Anthony. <laughs> yeah. 26th minute, good counter from Juventus. Rabio finding Di Maria. This was piss poor. And completely unacceptable, okay, from a player of his caliber. And to be honest, I'd say unacceptable from any player. If you're in this position, okay, and this is what pisses me off with players that are at that level, that have zero faith in their off foot to even take a stab at it. But not only that, the presence of mind to not even realize even though you guys interchanged runs on this play, that Keane is right there, staring down the barrel of an empty net. And Di Maria, of all things, tries that. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. And completely unacceptable. 
Um, that pissed me right off from Di Maria. Absolutely wasteful. A semifinal, and he treated that moment as if it's like first or second game of the season against Cremonese in Serie A. Trying to do this chip thing, whatnot. It, it's mind-blowing. But again, that's not on Max. That is on the players. 100%. Execution. 29th minute. Long-range shot from Acuna. Forces a stop from Tech. He does well there on that one. That had some movement. 32nd minute. This was a good ball from Di Maria into Moiskin, who did very well, doing everything right. His shot ends up hitting the post. Unfortunate. Beats Bono, hits the post. There we go. 33rd minute. Rakitic comes back with a good volley, but it goes over Tech's goal. Good opportunity for them there. 40th minute. Fajoli ends up going down on a 50-50. We get the news today. He's got a broken collarbone. He's undergoing surgery. That's going to be it for the season, obviously, and I wish him the best and a speedy recovery. But uh, that pretty much, uh, outside of this, wraps up the first half. Quadrado getting extremely lucky. Extremely lucky on this challenge. Now, for me, for me, that foot that he contacts is above the line. And even if it's there and hovering above the line, that is considered in. That is a PK. That is a PK. And we were extremely fortunate. And I have absolutely zero idea how we don't end up taking a PK on that. Like, it's clear. <laughs> I thought the only way was that they reviewed it and determined it to be outside the box. But as you mentioned on the replay, it didn't look like it was on the line, which is considered in. So I was confused as to how they even reviewed it and came out on the end of it without a penalty kick because that was a crazy challenge. Yeah, it was a Quadrado doing Quadrado things. And uh, the second I see him go, start to go to ground, I'm thinking, oh, God. And... Uh, <laughs> I was like, this has got to be a PK. And the fact that they looked at it, that's exactly what would have stopped them from making the call, is the fact that the call on the field was no foul even, which means that the only way they can overturn it is if they deem it inside the area. And they looked at it and deemed that that contact was outside, so you can't change it because it's outside of the area now. So they just let things continue but that's uh that's that's wild that's wild um i don't know very I don't fortunate know. we yeah. end up the half at nil nil extremely lucky towards the end we will say sevilla had the majority of the play but we definitely had good chances definitely had moments to strike and we're making the most of them i know everybody's gonna want more and i did say this at half I would like us to try and do more with the ball. Try to play more with the ball. Give your defense some breathing room and even just eat it up for a bit in possession and then be able to do something and build up rather than be just strictly counter. Even though when we were countering, we looked like we could strike them. But this team, for whatever reason, it just always has that particular issue. And one of our main issues is coughing the ball up in our half of the field when teams start to press us and whatnot. 
But outside of that, outside of that, Lex, anything you want to add on that first half and what you wanted in the second? Were there any changes that you would have made at half? I mean, I would, like you said, I thought we had our fair share of chances. I thought that there was a little bit too much pressure we were absorbing um, from Sevilla than to my liking. Uh, I thought Tech had to bail us out a couple times in that first half anyways. But as you mentioned, we did come close a couple times on the counter and have a bit of chances as well to try and open up the game. But um, as for changes, I think based on how the half went, not yet. I think I would have waited as we did wait into the second half to make those changes, especially because with the knockout match, you run the risk of going into extra time. And then so wanting to make sure those subs that you do make, if possibly <laughs> going to extra time last um, through in your fresh through to 120. So I think that other than that, I was okay with the lineup and how we started that first half. It was still like old criticisms that we usually have, which as you mentioned, Al was do more with the ball, basically, which is a common criticism, but, you know, taking that into account, which is how we typically play. And then looking at the fact that we did create some pretty decent goal scoring chances, considering I thought it was a decent first half from us. Yeah. I thought it was okay in terms of we weathered the storm, which I knew was going to come from Sevilla. (laughs) We still had opportunities to strike. Like I said, it's more, it's more getting just more rest for the D and just breaking the game up a little bit better instead yeah. of just wave after wave after wave. Now, I will say this. We did do a good job at limiting them in their opportunities because even Ocampo's header, it was good and it forced a good stop from Tech, but it's a low percentage. Like that angle and whatnot that he hit that header on and whatnot is ex- actually extremely difficult. He did very, very well on that. Outside of that, the Rakitic opportunity was probably pretty intense. And uh, just because of how it played, a ball flipped over Locatelli and he was literally smashing that thing on a volley uh, with a clear-cut uh, line on goal that he put over. Outside of that, it's a lot of crosses in from Sevilla. And I'm fine with limiting a team to cross is coming in kind of like I'm pissed off when all we do is cross the ball in. So it's funny because a lot of the fan base and a lot of the complaints out there on social media were like, man, we're letting them cross the ball in so many times, so many times. It's like, but that's all they're doing. And the guys at the back, Gatti, Bremer and Danilo were doing their job and holding things down. And like I said, you come out at a half like that. We, probably had the better opportunities on Di Maria's and Moise Keane when he beat that uh, that player. So it wasn't all for naught. And it must be stated that Paredes was the one that he chose to come on when Fajoli went out. And that obviously switched up what happens with Locatelli as Paredes played in the heart of the three. I had no problems with that either. Um, if Paredes can continue off uh, his last uh, showing. Now we get to the second half. We'll go through these moments. 48th minute. This was uh, frustrating also from Juventus uh, until we obviously see what happens here. But 48th minute, Rabio driving forward, takes it on his left, has a hit, easily stopped by Bono, doesn't place his shot hard enough to really challenge him. 54th minute. 
Great. Like, this was a good start to the second half for Juventus. 54th minute, a great flick on from Keane right into Rabiot's path. He literally has nothing but clear sight moving into goal. There's one defender back, another run forward from a Juventus player kind of freezes him. And Rabio just puts this thing wide. And that's another one where you've at least got to force this keeper to make a stop. Um, that is a huge opportunity. Should have ended up in the back of the net. Um, and when you look at Rabio too, like, sorry, um, they're saying, you know, it's, you see him being one of the most attacking players and most threatening for us in that moment and in that half, but still that difference that separates him from being a great player for us. And in my opinion, like worth that renewal, and we'll get into that after is scoring that chance in that big game for the team. So I think that was still missing from Rabiot in that moment. And I know that would be, like you said, another great opportunity for him to, to put in the net. Yeah. And, and it just, like I said, good, good, strong opportunities. And we're not capitalizing. 57th minute, a header, a clean header from Bremer. Shaving the back post on the bounce. Maybe would have been out of Bono's reach. He was diving for it, but uh, another good opportunity. 63rd minute. Di Maria out. Absolutely no problems with it. Chiesa coming in. Keen out and Vlaovic in. I thought unfortunate for Keen to go out. I thought hard for Keen to go out because he was playing so well. But somebody had to be sacrificed and there was nobody else you could really move out at that stage to get Vlaovic into the game. Vlaovic comes in. And, you know, Di Maria sulking. I talked about the Sulkin early on. Sulkin skips right by Allegri and whatnot. Dude. You don't have to be upset at Allegri that you shit the bed on a big moment in a semifinal for this team. And ultimately, we're very soft for the rest of your minutes. Like, I get it. You're built like a string bean. You're not that grit guy or whatever. But every now and then, you just got to get a little bit of fight in there and stuck in. Okay. You got to get stuck in a bit. Very, very soft performance from Di Maria. Him skipping by Allegri without a handshake or anything like that. Whatever. It is what it is. Tempers run hot, but he's got nobody to blame but himself, in my opinion. Um, 64th minute. This is literally like the first touch for Vlaovic. Okay. And it's a throw in. We headed out and. Uh, yeah, we headed across, and then there's a header from Rabio right into Vlaovic's path. He plays it on, beats his man who misplays it, which was Bade there, and the finish was sublime from Vlaovic. Beautiful. 1-0 lead for Juventus, 64th minute. Do not. Everybody's thinking the same thing, as we have all year when this team takes the lead. Do not rest on this. Do not sit back little bit of a shift little bit of a shift and of course we're inviting pressure 71st minute okay seven minutes after taking the lead Kiesa's giveaway everybody was harsh on Kiesa whatever for the giveaway and 
I'm going to take it a step further and say that even if you take Chiesa out of the equation, this team, and this goes back to what I was saying with playing with the ball, there are opportunities to let your team breathe, your defense recover and everything. We get stuck in our own end too often ball watching. And one of our players gets the ball and all of a sudden there's no movement, there's no options for him. He's trying to carry his way and dribble his way out of that scenario, which was the wrong fucking call, obviously. He lost it. He starts chasing them around everywhere. We were still in good position. So even though he should not have done that, okay, and lost it like that, still, we were in good position. Paredes then takes a slide, trying to slide into Suso there, who also came in as a sub, Misses the slide, puts us in a tough spot. And then gives him some space to tee this one up. By the time Locatelli is closed down, this shot's already off. And it's a rocket. And it goes in there. So, again, the dribble in your own area. No movement there. No options for him to try and eat this one, hold it up or whatever. But in possession in our end. When you're watching strong, strong teams, there's about five or six passes that they make in certain scenarios that ease the pressure, take them away from the press, and then all of a sudden they found they find that fourth or fifth one and they can breathe a bit and they can regroup. Juve, more often than not, has individuals that will try and do these things and they're just at the wrong time, wrong moment, like we just cough it up and our movement stops possession in our own end has been a problem it's been a problem for a while okay so even going to an individual thing as a coach you would also want to correct that but in the moment you can't switch these guys minds on and whatnot so it is what it is hell of a hit from suso it's one one now can Juve find another one because we don't score a lot of goals but i'm still optimistic because we have had good chances, right, Lex? So it's like, okay, I still felt like this thing's up in the air. It's it's up for grabs. We got to get yeah. out there, find a goal. 89th minute, huge stop from Tech on a header from Nesri. And Sevilla was put, pushing. They were pushing, okay? We get into extra time. At the start of extra time, we were, again... Kind of the way we kicked off second half, we were looking okay coming at Sevilla, and there were opportunities there. Vlaovic sent 1v1 in the 92nd minute, cuts in, his shot too soft, way too soft, easily handled by Bono. Looked like he was trying to go through defenders' legs. Tough, tough. Um, you get to the 94th minute, Chiesa cutting in on his man, ends up getting to his off foot, but. Tries an attempt with his off foot. Forces a stop from Bono. Relatively easy from uh, for Bono there. Literally right after this save, in the play, in the build-up, Sevilla moves up the field rather slowly. Ball goes out to the left flank. Seemingly nothing. A cross in. We have three defenders back. All three, Gatti, Bremer, Danilo. They have two players in the area, one of which is Lamela. 
This ball hits the penalty spot, and he's there, and he heads it, and it goes in. 2-1, Sevilla. Frustrating because this was probably the weakest-looking Sevilla attack that we've faced in this game. Like, it was literally a header, and we had men back. And between the one player pushing forward, between Gatti and Bremer, nobody went beyond that to Lamela. And... It's just little mistakes, little things they don't pick up on that can kill you. That one hurt. That one stung. And after that, confidence dwindled for me. And it was like, oh man, now it's an extremely adverse scenario. That stadium, after that second goal, still... 109th minute, a cross falls back post for Chiesa. And he skies this thing. He did hit it off foot. He did hit it off foot again. But still, still, you got to force something. You have to force something out of that, right? Kind of like we talked about Di Maria earlier and whatnot. There's moments there. For Juventus to punish Sevilla. We've talked about a lot of moments here. And while everybody talks about the statistics of how Sevilla played and how they attacked and whatnot. Do you notice that there's not a whole lot of opportunities that we've talked about with Sevilla? It was literally a ton of crossing in and people are flipping out. But when Juve does it, it's a shitty strategy. And we can't do it. I don't know if anybody looked that deep into the statistics. Sevilla didn't have a big chance created. Juventus had three. Three big chances created. So even though, you know, 28 total attempts for Sevilla, nobody factors in the fact that a lot of them were from range because they couldn't get in. And inside the area still top of the semicircle or whatnot or shots blocked at the top of the box or whatnot or even headers that uh um don't find target or whatnot which because they had a lot of off headers because they were crossing so much it looks really strong on the stat sheet zero big chances created zero three big chances created for juve execution has been our downfall throughout this entire season. And it was the same in this one. We don't really need to go further after that Chiesa one. Uh, the closest attempt after that is a volley from Paredes from the top of the area that he sliced and went high. It ends. We are out. And now we have to face the music and everything that comes after it. Lex, your overview on this particular game because some felt was complete garbage and some felt you know what hard done by where were you at at the end of this one this was a tough one and i know we talked about it in the green room al about how difficult this match was going to be to analyze and talk about what angle to take and i think for me i definitely agree with you on execution being lacking in the match yesterday i think that that was our downfall in many moments because especially when you play as we do and the fact that when we do create big chances, 
they're few and hard to come by. So the fact that we didn't bury the ones that we had was definitely a negative for the team yesterday. Um, however, I would still say my biggest criticism was the fact that in certain key moments, I think that we did have to absorb a lot of pressure from Sevilla a lot more than I would have liked. And I know we, we spoke about that. And the fact that when you're absorbing pressure from your opponent, that just makes your team more vulnerable to defensive errors. And I think that we saw that, especially as you pointed out, Al, about the individual error from Chiesa on that goal that we conceded. Um, a lot of that also has to do with the fact that he didn't have outlets. When a player doesn't have outlets and our team's not great from building out um, from absorb pressure to begin with, that can lead to mistakes, mistakes happening. And that's what we did see. Another point too was the fact that for me still, Tech was probably our man of the match, which all respect to Tech is amazing because he did make some fantastic saves. But I think still when your goalkeeper is your man of the match, I think that still has something to say about how your team played overall. And as you mentioned, Al, whether that was a fact that our strikers and our attackers weren't finishing their chances or the fact that we also still had problems in our approach to the match, which I would say even has to come down to the fact that looking at some of the more crucial moments of the game, when we conceded and we went down, I don't know about you guys while I was watching, but I knew once we conceded that goal and they took the lead, I was like, this is it. Like I didn't have faith in us amounting a comeback. And I think that that just has to say as well about the fact that we were absorbing so much pressure from them. It looked like Sevilla was the team that was going to come out on top in many crucial moments in the game. I would have liked to see that tide force the other way um, and for us to press them in those moments. And when they got that red card at the end too, I don't know if you guys noticed this as well, in extra time, it took us a while, even being down a man, to amount to that pressure because we had a solid like seven minutes, I think, um, if I'm not mistaken, from when they went down a player. And it was a while before we got into their end, and I think it was a corner kick that we had come off of. And I thought, okay, set piece FC. Let's see if we can make something magical happen here. So I would say that would be my biggest takeaway and criticism from the game would be that although we approached and we had chances in certain moments, there was also certain crucial moments in the match where it was just evident that we weren't going to amount to come back. It wasn't going to happen for us. Yeah, it's the confidence there in us scoring goals. It's not there. It hasn't been there all year. I've said it from for a while now. This team does not score enough goals. Now, again, part of it, sure, you can say in some games, because there's been games, this is where it gets difficult to really truly assess this team on all things. Now, some are saying you're looking at this game way too positive because we were completely outplayed by Sevilla and whatnot. Well, you're not going to control every game and every team, and it's it's not going to happen. And we were... We were hurting them still and still finding a lot of space and still finding the better opportunities. So the point of the three big chances created is that there wasn't necessarily um, anything out of that game that would make us have to open up more. That's what I'm trying to get at with the fact that if you're playing in this role, you're limiting this team to just crossing it in, okay? Outside of an error from Chiesa and then us scrambling and giving them that shot, which was still a low, per like it's a, 
not a high percentage scoring opportunity on Suso's goal. He hits that one beautifully, okay, for that first goal. The second one, botched, botched coverage in the area with three defenders back. So what that's supposed to paint a picture for is the fact that this game wasn't screaming out for you to just open up. What if we open up and all of a sudden then Sevilla starts getting quality chances? That could have been a possibility. So it's like we just we get the results, we take the results, and then say it's the wrong approach after. But what I'm trying to say is if you look at that game, okay, would I want more? Absolutely. I want Juventus to dominate every single game. I want them to play with the ball way more i want them to do a lot of things however you got to be realistic that not in like it's not going to happen every single game and there's going to be moments where you have to learn to bend without breaking and whatnot for me it's the moments it's the moments that are crucial because you're one nil up 64th minute that is the time that a team should sense that now we can put this tie away. Not now we can hold on to this. And that's the difference for me. That's been the difference for me with this Juventus um, all along that has been wrong. And the stats prove that it's been wrong. Because the stats and the numbers back up that we don't score enough. We don't, we're not clinical enough and whatnot. But that's the difference. Is you go up 1-0, top teams... They'll smell the blood and they'll get after it, okay? Not try to protect it. You get after it to seal it, to close it. Top teams don't think the game is over on one goal. It's, it's way too difficult to try and shut that down. We are not in the days of the BBC. Now, we got to start assessing everything. Allegri, the players and whatnot in this one. The players were in opportunities to put this one away. Max Allegri. Let's talk about this, um, our thoughts in general on the season now. Because this sees us out. It's another trophyless season. And everybody says, Max absolutely has to go. And there are still some protecting Max and saying, you know what? What's the point if we're going to have very little movement on roster? What So there's obviously still both sides of it. Lex, I want to get your thoughts on where you feel with this team currently right now. We're a second trophyless season. What would you do? What do you think needs to be done? And let's just start there and why you place certain emphasis on whether you're for a coaching change or not and whatnot and what your feelings are on. For me, I think um, I've been pretty clear on it throughout the season, stayed consistent as well with the fact that I still think that a coaching change needs to happen for this team, for these players, for the youth team and the young players that we have. I think for our star players, um, our investments that we've made on certain star players, I think that for that entire picture and for everything associated with the club in that sense, I do think that we need Allegri to go. 
because I think we've been shown now over two years, we've had two transfer windows, so summer transfer windows. And I think that it's just become clear with the way we play that the approach and the ideas and the identity are not there. And I know we always harp on that whole idea of identity, but my big question is, is I still feel that two years in, we still feel confused on what exactly the idea of a project is for the team. What players are we focusing the project on? What type of play do we want to have? Like, I just think that whatever you choose at this point, as you've mentioned before, Al, too, whatever type of play you're choosing to play, obviously I have a preference for an attacking style. That's my philosophy of the game. But whatever you choose to play, do it properly and do it right. And I know that it's interesting, like a lot of people probably have mentioned the Roma game yesterday as well, Mourinho's approach. I think they ended up having like one shot on target to their like 27 shots on target. And it's like he had Cristante as a makeshift center back playing in that back back line for Roma. He had players like Bove starting Tammy and Belotti up front, didn't even touch Dybala. His approach was clear and it was predictable too, that he was going to clamp down and he was going to try and hold off and defend that lead, given the injuries, given the team, the squad that he had in front of him. Okay, so he's applying that pragmatism and he had that game plan set out, accomplished it. I just think that sometimes with the squad that we have and the approach that Allegri gives, it's not clear always what we want to do. And I just think that with certain other coaches, you know what you're getting out of their approach. You know what you're getting out of that coach. Whereas with Allegri, and I know that his pragmatism worked for him in the past, and like we've always mentioned, we've seen the success from that in the past. I just don't think that that is exactly what we need for this team right now. And I just want something and someone who's going to put in some sort of clear identity into this team and get the most out of our assets and out of our potential. Because I still, as mentioned before, I think this squad has so much potential. So I'm hoping that we make a coaching change. I'm going to get into this and the whole philosophy and whatnot. Okay, first, massive thank you uh, to it's Jeff with an X here on the Super Chat. Okay, uh, that is one way to support us. Guys, we have like 81 here on the live. Drop a like real quick. Goes a long way to helping the channel. Massive thank you. Super Chat's enabled. Another way to support the channel. We have the merch store. And then, of course, the easiest, just sharing the content. Okay, but we appreciate it all. Thank you very much. He says, Juve's main priorities are one. Win with the courts against FIGC and UEFA. Two, get a new sporting director. Three, find a solid coach. Four, last is to focus on the transfer market. This club needs a full rebuild. Definitely, definitely going to get into this, okay? So, uh, but I want to talk about philosophy and stuff first as Lex pulls up the attacking football and you believe in attacking football and everything. This is the thing with me, and I've said this so many times. It's not attacking football. It's not defensive football. The truth is you have to be able to do it all. That's the truth of it. You have to be able to do it all. This Juventus is one-sided on the defensive side of the game because you can't have just strictly attacking football. You can't. You have to know and you have to be able to shift when the game calls for it. Unless you have and this is realistic for us because unless you have oil money like Pep Guardiola and that roster, 
you can probably go into every single game with that roster and say, I want to dominate play. I want to be on the ball. Yeah, okay. And that's a fair ruling to make. But for the rest of us living, you know, outside of the oil money world, your team has to, has to be able to do it all and go through all phases. This Juventus is too one-sided. So to even say, I want to play attacking football, whatnot. Well, there's a lot of good coaches that get hyped for attacking football that are one-trick ponies to me. They have a good outing, and then they get absolutely blasted the next. Because their team is still, again, too lopsided on the attacking way. So... I'm just going to say this, even looking at this particular Juve and whatnot, and you can, we can ask this team to go all out and maybe just maybe because of how many teams, how many times, sorry, excuse me, we've seen the execution fail that we might get blown up in games because we're opening up ourselves at the back and we're not clinical enough up front. That is a true possibility. It's also a true possibility that bringing in somebody else may not necessarily be all that it's cracked up to be. And we could arguably become worse. But we have to have patience. We have to have patience. One of the things Jeff with an X said stated in there, and I clearly believe, if it were up to me, you absolutely have to start with a management team. You need a sporting director and you need a management team. That should be priority one for Juventus, okay? Priority one. Because right now there is nobody there to assess Max Allegri. And that is a problem in itself. You know who's assessing Max Allegri? Max Allegri is assessing Max Allegri. You can't have that. You can't have that. The guys that are there right now make up the board are just... Legal advisors, accountants, and whatnot, they have nothing to do with the football side of things. Your first priority at Juventus is getting a sporting director, getting a management team. I know when things like this happen, trophyless for the second time at a club like Juventus, unacceptable. Our goalie Chesney comes out and says it. He's not wrong. It is unacceptable. Okay? And everybody wants that head on a pike. You know, like, you are to blame. We want you fired out today and whatever. But I'm telling you, it makes zero sense without an actual sporting director and a management team to come in and assess and say, this is what I see from Juve. This is where we want to go. This is what we want to do. And let them make the decision on who they want to take it the next way. Because I'm going to say this. The next set of decisions at this club are so critical. I'm glad I'm not the one that needs to make them. It's a very difficult decision. When we're talking about coaching options, do we get... Where, where do you go from this Juventus? Because if we're talking about trophy-less seasons, are we going to have the patience? Because it's not a guarantee. If you guys... Everybody wants this flash modern football whatnot. For me... I want a team that can go through all the gears. And to be honest, some of these flash coaches and modern football coaches don't really show it to me. They show holes. They look one-sided to me. So 
do you take that chance and will we have the patience to go a third season trophy list potentially? Will we have that patience? Are you going to want his head on a pike at the end of the third season if that happens? What are we re- what are we getting ready to do? Let the management team come in and let them decide when they can actually assess everything. The other thing that I'm going to say right now that is going to be a major telling factor because number one, we've heard Max talk about the approach. And this is where I think Max needs to take some heat because like I said, I need to see a team that can go through the gears. We've seen it statistically and we've seen it in games where this team cannot flip it. That's on the coach. That is on the coach to be able to get this team to go through the gears. Execution is on the players, but that willingness, and I've always said it, that a team is a reflection of your uh, coach. And the fact that we get into safe mode over and over and over, that's that's on a coach. That's on a coach. So he definitely has some blame here. And there are errors, there are mistakes, there are problems that have been there all throughout the season that we have not corrected. That is on a coach. You know? When Chesney comes out and says, if I'm making this many saves in the game, we've got it wrong. And when I, I don't like, we sat back way too back, uh, way too deep after the goal, that's a problem. Players are starting to, so what I say is the key going into this offseason, if players start to ask for a leave, That will be a big, big indication. And certain players, not all of them, but certain players, it will be key. Lex, are you kind of in agreement there? And do you expect certain guys to request a leave? Yeah, I agree with that. I think what you mentioned about tech was important too. And I think that Quadrado also had some telling comments in his interview as well where he mentioned I think it was his pre-match interview that he liked the high pressing that they played in the second half of the previous match and that he said I'd like to do that again if Mr. Allegri allows us to something along those lines more or less and so I think that was also an indication of kind of what the approach is being told to these players from above as well and to how they want to approach the match and I think like you said Al for me big indication of there being a problem with the coach at the clubs when those players and especially key players are requesting transfers. So as you said, this summer, if we've got Vlaovic and Chiesa and some other players, even Ealing on their way out, wanting to explore a different option and a different club that they think will suit them better, then I think that that's a key problem because these are the players that are identifiable with our club. And these are the core that we want to build off of. So that's definitely cause for concern for the team. Yeah. And like we were talking a bit about it in the green room. First off, big shout out to Andrew McCann, who has become a member. All right. And uh, joined through one of the membership tiers. There's three tiers. You have to do that on YouTube through a desktop. But big, big thank you. Another way to support the channel. And there's going to be green room extra content uh, pre-show and post-show only available to uh, AJC Army members through membership. Lex, if you have to pick a coach for Juventus, are you going to be willing to go that route and, like I said, continue on with potentially trophyless seasons 
in giving a guy a shot or are you going to look for somebody that's been a proven winner? Because this is one of the battles that these guys are kind of talking about uh, in terms of um, the coaching change and moving away from Max Allegri or whatnot. Well, let's get somebody that's a proven winner if it comes in and not necessarily these guys that are just modern football and pretty flashy and whatnot. What do you think? I think um, we talked about it earlier, and um, I think that this whole idea of a coach needing to be proven, like, of course, having evidence of a coach winning trophies, being considered proven is positive to have on the resume when you're looking at which coaches you want to fill your position. However, I think that there's also something to be said about taking a chance on a coach. And I think that we have some examples of that historically, for example, even Conte taking a chance on Conte when you hired him. How did that turn out for the club after that? I think that sometimes if it's a, like you mentioned, sporting director who has a vision as well, and his vision is aligned with that of the coaches to then recruit properly, build a squad properly. When those two things coincide, that's when we see a lot of success happening for a club and for a team. So I think that, yes, I would be willing to risk that again, because we've now gone two trophyless seasons with this experienced proven winner coach that we took a chance on when even for example taking a chance on Pirlo who had never coached before ever in in his career and he got two trophies for the club in that season so I definitely think that has just more to do with what do you want as a club pick that coach fulfill that vision and support the coach and then i think go from there so yes i would be willing to take a chance on a younger inexperienced manager yeah it's tough when you have an absolute goal scoring machine like cr7 because the argument is always going to be cr7 and he did win a lot of games for juve and right now we're seeing what our finishing is like post ronaldo which hasn't been hasn't been strong or good at all it's a big a guy like that is makes it makes a big difference. Now, for me, it's more it's more progress. It's more the team and the growth and whatnot. If you're starting to get players that are commenting going against how we play or approach games, to me, that is a sign, and this is not just in football, this is in the sports world, because I've seen it in hockey, in football, in uh, American football. It's a sign of a disconnect there. And this is before a semi-final in Europa League. Okay? All of a sudden, you look to weeks back, weeks previously, when all of a sudden you start talking about... Um, you start talking about Chiesa and rumors of him being disgruntled. And maybe there is a lack of a connection there or a little bit of a break there. That's why I say the biggest key for Juventus in going into this offseason is going to be if we start hearing about players wanting to move and certain players, players that are brought in to be pillars. If they want to move or are asking for leave, whatnot, this is going to be a huge sign for Juventus that there is changes that need to be made. And for me, you know, I don't think it's all Max. It isn't. It can't be. It's a team game. And like I said, execution comes up over and over and over. However, approach has been an issue over and over and over and over as well. 
There are times when Max Allegri himself talks about where things go wrong and they should be things that he should be able to correct and hasn't. The progress from one year to the next, even if we want to talk about standings, places in the table and whatnot, it's not enough overall if your players are disconnected. And if all of a sudden there are signs there of that going down, and I've been going back and forth in my mind over and over and over on this, and it is tough to pinpoint exactly. But again, it it is not all on Max. However, there is a responsibility that comes with sitting in that chair. And you put yourself in the position, okay? I don't choose their careers. These coaches have decided to be coaches and you are going to take the brunt of the heat because at the end of the day, even if it's an execution thing, whatever it is, you are going to be the main man in terms of responsibility for what happens at the club. I will also ask this. With all the outside circumstances going on at Juventus, did it maybe, maybe mask, mask things a little bit and give a little bit more leeway to Allegri in terms of giving him more benefit of doubt and just a little bit more grace. But if we think to prior the penalty points, we were absolutely atrocious too. It could also go flip side, like maybe the penalty points helped unite the team and then they were able to make whatever they have made out of this season, which is a deep run into the semifinals of Europa League, second place in Serie A. But ultimately, even that is not enough to protect them, I think. What do you think, Lex? Like this whole uh, point penalty and everything, like which I think everybody knows where I stand on, was ridiculous that it was brought in. But what do you think? Did it mask things maybe? I think so. I think it did. Um, I think he also, as we've also given him, deserved credit for handling and how he handled that and how the team responded. Um, I think it, it could probably be twofold that it, on one hand, brought the team closer together. I think we did see that. I remember there was the whole um, situation with the fans as well that the team had. I don't know if you remember that from earlier in the season and then the team was uniting and everything. So I think that that played a role. Um, I also think that it may have, like you said, masked how things were going because I think people were choosing to kind of use that in certain ways as an excuse for him as well as an out because it was like, got this point deduction, you have to deal with, you know, how do you rally the troops for this group? Like, how do you deal with losing 15 points? Like, that's a big thing to deal with. And having that uncertainty, are we going to get them back? What place are we going to be in? You're essentially just playing blind because you don't know where your team is going to be in the standings, right? And it's all of that is also going to be out of your control. That's in the hands of judges, of the courts, etc. So I think it's twofold, honestly. I think that it both masked the situation with Max, and I also think that it gave the players some motivation and it get, brought some unity to the team as well. And credit to how Max did navigate that as well, I would say. Yeah. And like I said, I mean, you could be in the situation that even if it's not 
all on you, which it never is when you're talking about coaches in any sport, any game. It's never all on them, but it comes with the territory. Yeah, it does. Like, ultimately, you can't go trophyless two seasons in a row at Juventus. Now, there was a false stat that was put out yesterday. It was a technicality, and it was that this hasn't happened two trophyless seasons for one coach since 1988. It would have been, I believe, Rino Marchese. However, that's not necessarily true because it's a little bit technical because Ranieri obviously had two trophyless seasons, but he didn't technically finish the second season because there was an interim coach. And even prior to him, there was always interns coming in and caretakers coming in during the banter era. So that's technically when it was. But still, if we're talking about from the banter to now, it's a long period of time. But ultimately, even if you're not fully to blame, things have to change. The team has to progress. The team has to continue to strive to be at, you know, a, a certain level, a certain standard. Now, this is where it always comes back to me. While I can say that it's not all on Max, that the players and their execution, and we need major roster work as well, this is what it all comes back to me. For two years, in measuring stick matches, we have failed. That is the big one for me that I take away that always leads me to my end belief, which is you do have to try something new. You do have to go with something and you might have to be a little bit patient with it as well, but you do have to look at every and not just from a coaching standpoint, but everything. I think Juve, and I said this probably the first time three, four months ago when assessing things when we were really struggling is we need certain characters at Juventus. You need certain characters if to mold and to build an identity that you're trying to build. That's why I say it's so critical to find yourself a sporting director and a management team and them to figure out this vision. What kind of team do we want to be? And then your mercados need to make sense because if we start looking at our Mercados for a while now, it's been patchwork. It has been awful patchwork with some flashy signings here and there. We were never that team. We yeah. were never that team with the flash transfers. We always did good work by bringing in the right guys. Signing the man, not the market opportunities, not the marketability, not the popularity like... We would we had players making their names at Juventus. That was the difference. We need to get back to working smart, being smart with the finances. Okay, we lost our way. And the characters at Juventus, we need a certain build, but that has to be playing into the identity that you want. It's not get a roster together this is what i want you guys to do well it doesn't work like that you have to have an idea in place and those guys need to you need to sign the right guys to build into that now we have had some problems pogba is supposed to be a main guy and this this guy would make a difference if he was healthy for an entire season there's no doubt about it you know it's just there's a lot of things going on at uv but the coach, for me, it always goes back to the measuring stick. And from one year to the next, in the measuring stick moments, we continue to fail. 
and the measuring stick moments prior to that were better. But you also, of course, people are going to use the CR7. Sure. Sure. But you also can't have key players not being your key players, not being integrated and being problems. That's why I say, let's wait to listen to what happens with our players. They will tell you a, a bigger story of what's going on behind the scenes. Right. It's true. Always yeah. listen to the players because like you said, there's nothing more frustrating as a player than feeling off your game. And so, as you said, they're going to look out for themselves and for their careers as well. And that'll be a true indication of where the squad is at with the coach and the approach. And exactly. Yeah, absolutely. We will know a lot more in probably a week. We will know a lot more about what's going to shape up. Obviously Monday, May 22nd, we'll have a lot to do with it. There is a important call around two 30 Eastern time today. And I might have some, Berto bombs for you on tomorrow's daily update video. So stay tuned because there is very, very interesting call happening at 2.30 Eastern time today. Berto, is it true that Allegri has in his contract that if he doesn't make Europe, uh, then we can get rid of him without having to pay him? If true, if we get banned, does it still get triggered? So this is where it's really, really wide open and nobody knows 100% if these outlying circumstances that take us out of European play would actually um, trigger that and a free break, a mutual break from Juventus and Allegri. That's still up in the air. Now, what's going to be interesting is this point penalty May 22nd is going to be huge. I said, don't be surprised if you see 10 to 12 points. I'm expecting 12 points because, again, and we've also started to hear lately, distress of sanctions. The sanctions put upon need to have some type of distress associated with them as per Article 8, Paragraph G of uh, their appeals and whatnot. So nine-point penalty, we're eight up on Milan. We could probably play through that and make European spots. A 12-point penalty puts us definitely out of Champions League. We could probably hit the Europa League and whatnot, but it's up in the air. There's also still talks of an agreement, potentially a mutual agreement, kind of like a plea deal that takes everything into next year. Pay your fine, take your penalty points, miss out on Europe, start starting you there. <sighs> We'll see what happens. Monday, May 22nd is going to be a big one. Uh, Lex, what do you think? I'm expecting 12 points, to be honest. Yeah, I think I'd agree with you. Yeah. I think <laughs> lower expectations. <laughs> Don't get your hopes up type of thing. Yeah. Now, of course, Juve can appeal. It is stated that they're probably going to lose that appeal. Tar would be the final ruling there that they can go up but again there is more and more rumblings of some type of a mutual agreement we just have to wait and say we just have to wait and see all right um hey hey look at that i got somebody's vote to replace allegri there you go there you go uh you know what everybody like i say tough tough one 
tough pill to swallow a second trophyless season, but hey, I've been through worse, okay? The club's been through worse. We'll make it through. It's going to be all right. The season, as everybody's saying, is completely over. There's still, depending what happens Monday, these games are still pretty important, these last three rolling out. And it's going to be hard to get hyped up for them. I know that. But again, we just we just got to ride things out and have a little trust uh, of the process and wait for a management team to come in. want to say what's up to Jat. Jat was at the game yesterday. Oh, brother, I wish, I wish you got to see a victory there, okay? Gutted that the team wasn't able to pull it through. I thank you for the content you were sending through. He was uh, responsible for sending us some uh, video clips and whatnot and some photos from the time there. Um, I hope you made a, most of it despite the uh, result there. So uh, thank you again, Jat, uh, and sorry the club wasn't able to pull through for you. Now, we do have time for Storm the Barn. we got time to answer a few, so fire them away. We have some that have also come in here. Who are Dushan's potential replacements? Should he ask for a transfer request, Lex? Ooh, potential replacements if he leaves. <clears throat> I don't even know. We've been hearing right about Hoyland, obviously. You know, Hoyland yeah. and whatnot. Skamaka. Skamaka <laughs> has been a name. Like, What do you think? Juve should do if Dushan moves on. Are there any names you're thinking about? Probably Skamaka. I think if he's willing to come back, he knows the league. I think he had potential. You know, he was in discussions back when we were, you know, looking to get Vlaovic. I think Skamaka was also, we had, I remember, multiple debates and questions about which to choose if there was an option, etc. So I think, yeah, Skamaka. Skamaka. I'm not there with Skamaka. I think there was a time, but I think that move hurt him. That move to Weston really hurt him. And now I'm kind of, I'm not there. Not there. Like Atalanta Hoyland? players, Atalanta players scare me because they're all on the yeah. juice. And every time they leave Atalanta, they just fall flat on their face. Other than maybe one or two here and there, but Atalanta players, nah. I think it really comes... You know what it's going to come down to when we're talking about replacements is what happens with the points penalty and where we sit at the end of the season. That's really going to tell you about how we're going to be able to make a move and who. But for me, honestly, get some character guys in here. Get somebody that's ready to fight. Get somebody with some grit. Get a player that's kind of on the up but doesn't have a ton of hype that can come in here with a chip on his shoulder and go to war for the stripes like get somebody like that um to be honest and i'd be fine with it our wingers illing jr chiesa sule could potentially stay depending on what happens with di maria and i'm gonna be honest with you guys i was for di maria renewing him and everything but as of late i think i've flipped and i think i would actually let him go um, regardless of the growth decree and whatnot, regardless of him being a class player or whatnot. No, I think I think it'd be better for Juventus to move on. And I've done a flip on Di Maria. Lex, where are you at with Di Maria? I love Di Maria. And I know I love him too. Everyone knows that. I love him. But like you said, Al, I think it just depends. It could be kind of like the situation where it's that world-class kind of um cherry on top player that the club's not at that stage right now. That's just not the guy that we need. 
Like that's, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like you were saying, we're looking to rebuild with a core, look for a new project and whatnot. I think that's why I would probably not on the wages that you might be asking for. Yeah, probably at this point. Yeah. Wouldn't be the smartest. I would take 11 Gattis in a heartbeat, okay? <laughs> yeah. Not the cats, the player Gatti. Uh, I would take them in a heartbeat. Yeah, I don't want to be the crazy cat dude. Like, what the hell? Um, Gatti is a beast. And that's what I'm talking about characters. Guys that come in have everything in terms of motivation and ready to get after. And I'm not saying we got to look for all guys like that coming from making the jump from uh, C and whatnot. But in general, okay? Guys with that fight, with that heart, with that desire and whatnot, like critical. He fits the mold of what Juventus has been for such a long period of time. He fits that mold. Again, Juve's got to figure out, do we want to maintain that mold that we've always had? Then it definitely, definitely matters how you work the Mercado. It doesn't eliminate all your skilled players. You still need your skilled players, but even then... It's got to make sense. It's got to make sense. But Di Maria, I've kind of done a flip there. Um, let's go here with uh, Abdul. Uh, this mates rates culture in Juventus is infectious. Rehiring Allegri and renewing. Ex-players not being critical enough and being too diplomatic. Hiring Ariva Bene. I mean, we can pick away at a lot of mistakes and whatnot hindsight's always 2020 and whatnot um but honestly it matters not what you did in the past all you can do is take him and learn from them and move forward i can only hope that they've learned i i want to see changes mercados you can't have we when i look at some of these clubs that have good solid projects they're not afraid to move on from players. One of the things I've nitpicked Juve for a while is that we hang on for dear life to certain players that I don't even understand why. You know? And the youth. Now we have next gen. Other teams want to build off this model. Don't be scared. And I saw this even with the lineup yesterday to that game. People being afraid. Oh, There's this... This fight for playing the young guys. Get the young guys out there. And then all of a sudden, oh my God, he's starting Illing Jr.? What is he doing? What do you mean, what is he doing? I had no problems with Illing Jr. And I had no problem with his performance. You can't ask for one thing and then crucify your manager when he does it. These guys need to move on from Juventus. And these are still deals that were there before Ariva Bennett came in. Okay? Yeah. Well, we've been making mistakes for a while. It's got to start at the top for Juventus. And that's what I think everybody's coming to realize now finally. But we've been saying it for a long time. Starts at the top. Sporting director, management team, get these guys in there as quick as possible. Yeah. Let them assess. Let them clean things up. And you know what? Probably going to have to be patient next season as well okay every level needs work yeah go ahead lex i was gonna say i think that that mates rates culture from that comment comes from that dysfunction that's been happening and that feeling of 
being lost, like you said, Al, about yeah. like not really having that direction. No one's spearheading the top of the club with a clear vision. So I think the question for the club now is how do you take that Juventus Fino alla fine DNA and how do you build from that and reinvent yourself in the process? to make yourself a successful club. But how do we keep that foundation and that core? Because that still is the, you know, at the end of the day, that's the base of this club is that culture. So how do we also get back to that? I feel like that's been missing from our squad, from how we play. It's just been missing in general these past two years, especially. Characters, the characters, the man not the market opportunities. Juve has lost their way. And while and Agnelli for me lost the plot big time towards the end of his tenure there. And it's a shame because it it was so bad that it almost makes you forget about how much good he actually did, which is a crazy list. Mm-hmm. But towards the end it was it's been a horror show. Of the Agnelli, like the finish to the Agnelli era and his time there was pretty nasty. And we're still seeing the effects and we probably will still see the effects going into next season being completely realistic and everything. But here's the thing is it comes down to the characters. If you want to build an identity, what you need to have the personalities that match. You have young characters. Fagioli is Juventino through and through. Miretti is Juventino through and through. Locatelli is Juventino through and through. You build off these guys and you bring in guys that have fight, that have heart, that are men, that are ready to fight. Gatti, Federico Gatti, that is ready to give his all for the cause. Bremer is an absolute beast. You know, uh, Danilo, while he gets so much flack, he hasn't been an issue all year and he gives everything he has, every ounce on the pitch there. He was great yesterday. Had a great game yesterday. I was proud of the players' effort yesterday. At least their effort. And I got attacked for saying that. Proud? Proud? I'm like, not proud of the loss, but I can still take a defeat and be proud of their effort, which I was. Where we lack is execution and approach at moments. But I'm still proud of their effort because there's been a lot of games where we've fallen flat on our face. And I'm telling you, do not underestimate that crowd. That was a hostile environment and I thought that they held their own and weathered the storm quite well considering that would have been an easy moment for a team that doesn't necessarily have that exuding confidence about them to crumble. And we actually didn't. So, yeah, I'm proud of their effort. And it's okay to say that even in a loss. But people will attack whatever for whatever agendas they suit, you know, and try to fit their narrative. But I was proud of their effort. But character guys at Juventus, the right signings. The right moves. Guys that want to come in, want to join, not necessarily even have to be the flashiest. You know? Some of Juve's best sides have been filled with squad players that will go out there and be an absolute thorn in every other team's side because they know they have to kill themselves to beat that player. Like, 
Juve's got to sort it out when it comes to the Mercado and fitting the mold. Especially now you're moving through generational players and the old guard is leaving. It's very critical who you start bringing in now as the next wave of leaders. Chesney's going to be removed soon. Um, Sandro Cuadrado. Cuadrado's gone this year. Sandro's going to be gone. And even when you talk about them, leadership is not really their forte. So finding leaders and also building these leaders can be tough, Lex. I think that uh, you said that's it's so true and it's so important. And I think that team culture and team DNA is such an understated, almost like abstract, immeasurable concept when it comes to building winning squad. But it's just crucial and it's the key ingredient to it. And I think that, as you mentioned, it has to do with finding key characters, looking at the character of the player. And also, I think as well, having a coach that nurtures those characters and grows those characters is important too. So I think that both coming together, like you said, um, is going to be a key recipe for building this team and this club. Yeah. And I think, to be honest, a Juve that succeeds is an Azzurri side that succeeds. And the links to the national side have always been there in I know that there's a lot of the fan base that don't believe in Italian talent and whatnot and everything like that, but it's Juve's going to have to work very, very smart and finding players in their backyard is going to suit us best when it comes to the resources and everything. So it's going to be very, very interesting to see how they work, but getting it right from a character standpoint is going to be key. And you know what? Splashing big money on guys might not be the way might not be the way anymore we might have to look for those 40 mil those 50 mils and that might be our cap and where we say we call it there and we build up and we build up from there so it's gonna be interesting to see adriano coming in here saying need to build on what we have for too long we have made sacrifices with our best when we should be cutting those who aren't good enough when does real madrid or Bayern sell their best players I would have to ask who we're considering, you know, that we've been moving that are best because, like, if we look even at Delict, Delict wanted to leave. And this is what the problem becomes. It becomes very tricky when Juve doesn't necessarily, like, everything I've still heard to this point, they don't want to move Vlaovic. They don't want to move him. But he might ask for a request. You know, players might ask for a request to leave and then. It is what it is. Real Madrid has no problems getting rid of any. We talked about that just a minute ago, but how do you feel about this, Lex? When it's us sacrificing our best players, I I mean, we did, I guess, at certain points throughout the Marota move, but we always usually covered it fairly well. I'm trying to think back, and I'd have to really think about this for players. And I'll look at the live chat. But I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not really not really feeling that because I think we've only gotten rid of our best in terms of when we've had to. Yeah, I mean, it's supposed like it has po- to be. Like, if we go back, like back to Marotta days and whatever, Pogba. I didn't want to see Pogba leave at that moment. Pogba wanted to go to the Prem. He wanted to go back. He wanted that move. And Juve allowed it to him. 
Vidal. So Vidal comes up. Yeah. Okay. Zidane. Yeah. Zidane, we ended up making a hell of a swing because that saw Buffon. That was a huge sale. Saw Buffon, Nedved, Taram all come in in one window. But uh, yeah, we've we've done it plenty of times. But I'm saying the coverage has always been good. And Zidane, they had to make a decision there because it was between him and also Del Piero at the time. And that was a sketchy thing. But also Zidane's wife pushed because she wanted to go to Spain. So there was a lot of, there was like some inside pressure there. Inzaghi, they say there was no beef there, but everything I've ever heard, there was some beef. There was some beef. So it's kind of uh, an interesting one there. Uh, Pogba and Vidal, yes, Pogba and Vidal come back. But again, there's always some circumstances there. We've always had plans after that. I've never been left like, oh my God, we're doing this again. Have you, Lex? No, I don't know. I think it has to do with, as you mentioned, which was key, was the coverage. I think like as of recent, which we've talked about many times, is the lack of management to properly fill those gaps that happened in the squad. Like we talked for how long about Pogba being still hadn't been replaced till since he returned he's now back but just examples like that is i think maybe that is kind of like we were feeling the loss of our best players more because the recruitment and the replacement for them isn't working like it used to and also i think another key thing to mention is circumstance why did our best players want to leave was it because they had aspirations elsewhere Is it because they felt driven out because what was happening at the club wasn't for them, whether that's play style, whether that's what the club's achievements were? I think that that is more problematic, of course, if we're losing our best players for those reasons versus maybe if it's for financial gain or if it's for something aspiration that the player had that, you know, they choose to leave the club. Yeah. And I'm telling you, like, we've always kind of had a plan, though, and like, even when we say we didn't replace that midfield, that midfield was epic, um, by the way, obviously, uh, MVP there. However, that just shows me more of the patchwork that went on for years, you know, neglecting certain areas, patchwork and whatnot. And like, it got worse and worse as it went. Um, but overall, it was still strong. But we we did reach a point where we needed an overhaul. And I think now we could truly say that. Because there was the end of... Uh, Allegri's tenure first tenure at Juventus where it was literally like you have to decide is it this team or is it this player or is this this coach or is this group of players capable of more is this coach not bringing it out in them you have to make that change the funny thing is we're full circle in 2023 asking the exact same question is this team capable of more is it this coach that's not bringing out the most we're asking the exact same thing. And to me, you've got, it's tough to say in terms of talent and whatnot, but we definitely had better characters at that moment in time than we do now. And it's, for me, it's not a clear cut that this team is capable of much more than what we're seeing, to be honest. There was a good portion of this season where I believe they're capable more because we were that bad. But right now, in terms of our results and what we've accomplished second in the uh, table and all that, are we, 
Is this group capable of much more than that? I'm not so sure how much more because the roster, I think, needs some serious tending to. But how much does the approach affect it? And this is where I battle myself, and I think all us fans battle amongst ourselves and each other in terms of what we believe, right? That's what it comes down to, is those that believe they're capable of more, and he's not getting it. It's tough. What makes you feel a certain way when I ask that question? Like, is this team capable of more first? Yes or no? Yes, for me. Okay, and what makes you feel that way? For me, it's the eye test for me, watching how we play. Just, it's no secret that it's not the most enjoyable watch for a Juve fan to watch our club right now. And I think that's what I would say would be the biggest test for me would be, I, you know, and everyone has their, their own personal views on how they like the game to be played, how they think we should be playing. But for me, I would say those would be the tests. It's how we play the eye test Two, are we getting the most out of our best players? I would still say that we're not. I think that there's still more ceiling to be reached. I think that we haven't hit that top yet. I think that that's what, that's what I would use to um, argue that, yeah, we haven't reached our best yet. I think there's still more we can get out of this team. Is there problems with the squad? Yes. Are we missing fullbacks? Yes. Not perfect. But in terms of those two measurements, I would say we're still not at our best. Yeah. And what makes me flip is that I don't necessarily disagree with any of that because I think our key guys need to be our key guys and we still fall flat on our face in big measuring stick moments, matches, Mm -hmm. and months. April was a measuring stick month and we fell flat on our face. However, to get the most out of our key guys, which would be those guys up top, I don't know if we have enough to clamp it down at the back in order for what it would take to get those guys more support and better play and whatnot i think it's it's more than just even patterns even though i think we need to incorporate better structure and strategy in terms of how we attack certain teams and setups and whatnot but i don't think we have enough to clamp it down i think we would just i think we would create another problem and this reminds me of Pirlo season where i always felt like the team would be able to score a goal but i also felt like we could concede at any single moment You know, it's very, very difficult. Again, hey, we'll see what happens. See what happens. There's a lot of questions, and I know there's still some more store in the barns. We will tackle this, some of these, in the green room sessions. Again, available to uh, AJC Army members and whatnot, but we've run over time today. Look, everybody, everybody's thoughts on this team are all over the map, and I know that... It's tough. It's tough for us and whatnot, but two trophyless seasons. Hey, um, I know it's a piss off. It's hard to sometimes calculate everything. And we all have different ideas of how you correct things and whatnot. But the truth is it's going to take a lot of time. Okay. It's going to take I think more time than many are giving it credit for. Okay. So we just need to remain patient the season. These three games could still be extremely crucial. So it's not all over and done now just because we bounced out of Europa. Let's wait and see what happens Monday. There's an important call today at two 30 Eastern time. I'll keep you all up to date. Okay. 
maybe just maybe I'll have a couple Berto bombs for you and we'll see. But yesterday, God, God, we need these guys to execute and we need our best guys to come up when they get those opportunities. Okay. Um, not all on max. The players need to look themselves in the mirrors and realize that, hey, they've kind of let him down a bit too. And they've let themselves down. And they've let the fans down. It's it's a measuring, uh, it's another measuring moment. And we need to assess everything and everyone. Again, one of the main things Lex and I have spoken about all show, who is assessing everything and everyone? At the moment... Just us. So let's wait for a management team. Sporting director, Juntoli, maybe, just maybe. Hopefully that's locked up, but uh, it starts there. Bring me a sporting director, bring me a management team, and hey, maybe it would require Max staying just for a little bit for them to also assess there because who really knows what's going on behind the scenes? But... If we get a sporting director in and he's getting transfer requests and these guys are telling him why, maybe you don't have to wait. Let's wait and see, everybody. Let's wait and see. I don't want you to panic, RB Cubs. Take it easy. I'm just saying. <laughs> let those guys decide. Don't let me decide. You know what I would do. But anyways, <laughs> we'll, we'll see you all again. I'll do the daily update videos leading into Monday. We're going to do a uh, preview show for the Monday game. We're obviously going to talk about what comes down in the Coney ruling on Monday. And I'm still going to rock the watch along, okay? Um, it's Forza Juve. It's Fino alla fine, no matter what. And I'm going to support the lads right through to the end. And uh, yeah, I never waver from that, okay? I haven't missed a game in I don't know how long. That includes while I was playing on the pitch sometimes for my own club. Okay, have it going on the sideline, have a, a JBL speaker just blasting away and the other team pissed off at me and even some of my own teammates saying, what the hell is going on? I say, hey, man, I don't miss a game for shit. All right. And nothing's going to change now, no matter trophyless or not. All right. I hope you're all with me. No matter what, fino alla fine, forza Juve. Let's see what comes from it. All right. Ciao tutti. Take care. Yeah.